0: Jesus is king. If you are listening to this recording, welcome. Um, But you can also go check this talk out on YouTube, hopefully, if we can upload it there. Um, And you'll be able to see the drawings that we do and all the stuff on the board. Hopefully that's helpful. Um, Jesus, you guys ready? Get started. We've been talking about trials the past three weeks. Um, Trials are inevitable. Trials are brutal. Trials are, you should not be ashamed if you're in a trial. If you are in pain, it is okay. Don't feel guilty. It's not your fault. It is life. Life is like that. Um, If you're surrounded by people that you think, oh, their life's all good, it ain't. That's just the image that they they would like you to see. It's not true. Everyone goes through hard stuff all the time. You're not alone if you're in a hard place so we've done three weeks on trials so far this is the fourth and I believe final week unless, unless Jesus gives me another topic but I think this will be the final one um, and to be honest the, the topic of trials is absolutely humongous and four weeks is nowhere near enough to cover all the stuff that you can talk about with trials, there's millions of Bible verses on it so I can't hit all of them I'm going to just hit some and that's what we're going to do tonight um, but quick question for you guys, did I ever tell you the story about Stefan the student anyone? no? no? <laughs> Okay, I'm going to tell you the story about Stefan the student, yeah? Um, Stefan is a student. (laughs) I'm really not good at drawing, guys, if you uh, haven't figured that out yet. So he's sitting at a desk. And he's got his laptop. and he's typing away. This is Stefan. When someone asks you in a few years time, what did you learn at teaching night? You remember Stefan the student. Alliteration, green. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> this is chair. Thanks, Jesus, for Stefan. Um, cool. So Stefan is a student. Oh, sorry, I'm blocking you guys a little bit. Um, Stefan is a student. And Stefan has been given the, an assignment to study a famous Australian politician, who I will not name, and, and a controversial speech that he has made. Does that make sense? He's a student and he has to study a controversial speech that a, a famous Australian politician has made. So what Stefan does is, what we all do, is when you need to go and study and figure out something about a topic, you start to go online and you and you look at uh, video clips and you start researching and reading articles and journals and books and just as we all do, right? And Stefan at first, he knows nothing about this politician. He knows nothing about this speech. He's just a student. He's just cruising. He's just figuring out as he goes. Um, and yeah, he's just open. He wants to learn as many different points of view as he can um, about this famous Australian speech. Um, And at first he is loving it because the speech, he's completely unaware of what it is or what it means or anything like that. Uh, And he's just learning it and he's going, ah, cool, this is how it fits together. This person told me this and I get it. They were probably trying to hit this issue in society at the time and it's making sense. I get it, I can see the effect of it on the world today. This is amazing. Um, But almost as soon as he feels like he's got a grip on it, Stefan the student hears a different interpretation of the speech argued by someone very, very convincingly. Does that make sense? So he's starting to get a grip on it, he's starting to go, okay, I get it, I get this speech, it's pretty cool. And then he reads another article with a completely different point of view with someone who's really good at arguing their point and he starts to go, what the heck is happening? Um, I don't know what to believe. Do I believe person A? Do I believe person B? Is this perspective right? Is this perspective right? And now he's confused. At first he was enjoying it, but now he's confused because he's got two conflicting points of views, clashing heads. Are you guys following? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel for Stefan a student? This is a a difficult place to be for a student. What do you do? Um, Or for anyone really, actually. (laughs) Um, Yes, yes. Okay, so after some time of dealing with this dilemma, Stefan comes up with an idea. He goes, hang on this politician is Australian. I wonder if the guy is still alive cause if he's alive, I can just go ask him what it meant. You guys following? So he Googles the politician, finds out that uh, the politician lives just down the road from him and he goes, I'm just going to go and ask him. So he runs down the road, knocks on the guy's door and he goes, hey, you, you're the guy that gave that famous speech. What was that speech all about? And the guy tells him. And that's the end of the story about (laughs) Stefan the student. Okay, so that's a stupid little story that I just made up um, to prove a point. (laughs) Um, Stefan is not real, guys, sorry, just let go. Um, (laughs) This, this Stefan the student and the dilemma that he went through, figuring out what is right, what's wrong, what do I believe, what do I do? That is a very simplistic little picture of what it looks like to live life sometimes. Does that make sense? You all face this, especially in the West. You are bombarded every single day with different points of view, different worldviews. And sometimes the people that bombard you are so dang good at arguing their point that you feel completely overwhelmed. You guys feel that pain? I feel it every day, literally. Um, It's like just when you think you've got life figured out, someone comes in with a completely different point of view and just ruins your day. You guys ever experience that? We're just like, man, I think I get life now. I think I get prayer and God and the universe and how I fit in with this picture. And then someone comes up and just gives a completely different worldview and argues it like amazingly. And you're just like, dang. What do I do? Um, <clears throat> so I found this especially true when you're trying to understand something about God. You guys ever feel this stuff in the church where it's just like, man, you read this passage and you're like, wow, this passage is really speaking to me. Oh my goodness. Like, I get it. I get what God's trying to say to me. It's, it's just, it just blesses me. And then someone else goes, actually, that's not what that passage is about. See, when you consider the cultural and the historical uh, you know, context of the time, and you know Caesar was ruling at that time, and because of that, his influence on that scripture is this and that, and you're like, hang on, but what the frick? Like, I, what am I supposed to do? What? How did you even know that? And how am I supposed to know that as I read this? And Am I not right in, in reading and understanding what I just got? Did I never experience that? Literally one time, I was in such a bad spot. I opened up the Bible, and I had not opened up the Bible in so long, I read the Bible and this one verse just stuck out to me and I was like, dang, that's cool. For the first time in months, like I just felt God's voice, Holy Spirit just lit something up to me. I was like, that's for you, Nate. Literally the next day I was telling a friend about it. I was like, guys, I feel like I've been in such a crap spot and God, I don't know, God just spoke to me yesterday. It was so cool. And they go, oh, what, what passage was it? And I go, "I oh, it was uh, Hebrews 11, whatever and then and they go oh yeah it's about this this and this and I was like oh is it and he goes yeah so y- your perspective on this is probably this and And just completely just I just felt the joy he'd leave me I was like dang maybe God didn't speak me dang maybe I read the whole thing wrong maybe God's not real maybe I'm not experiencing God just because this person came so intensely no that's not right my way's right they were so good at arguing their point it was overwhelming you guys feel me quiet crowd tonight yeah get a bit more energy in here <laughs> thanks Glö, for the laughs. laughs just listening yeah listening night um jesus okay <laughs> okay because what i said to you, if you, if you guys a few weeks ago this is what humans do when when you get born onto the earth you're like because you just gradually just ease into this life thing. You're, you don't even know what's going on for a couple of years there. You're just like, what the heck is happening? Who, who am I? What am I? What's this thing? What? And you're just learning like a, at a rapid pace, right? And soon, you start to draw conclusions. As your mind develops more, as you grow into maturity, start to develop conclusions. Ah, oh, okay, men and women and I'm a man and that person's a woman and that's different to me and I can look at myself in the mirror and that's not someone else, that's actually me coming back at me and and you're just figuring things out and you start to frame up this world for yourself. You're always learning but you start to frame it up and as you frame it up, you can find comfort in that frame. Does that make sense? You can start to draw conclusions about life and you go, yeah, yeah, I get it, I get life. This is also awesome. my little my little box called life and I get it and I've, I've done this and look, look how it all fits together and every single piece is accounted for and then next minute some crazy thing happens outside the box and you go what like for example let's say let's just say you learn oh um, uh, God always heals the sick that's just a conclusion that you've drawn God always heals the sick oh, I just gotta pray they'll be healed and then someone that you know Get sick and you and you pray and they pass away. What are you gonna do? That's brutal. That your box is shattered. Your comfort is gone. You now have to expand your box, and you, people don't like expanding their box. Have you guys noticed that? People like a very ni- nice little narrow box. Don't come near my box. This is my box. Um, okay, I'm getting distracted. Whew. Okay, it's getting hot. Um, The big idea for tonight, might sound simple, but it's going to get big. God himself is our personal teacher. God himself is our personal teacher. This is how you get through that mental angst. You ask the guy who knows everything (laughs) and he tells you what's up. Does that make sense? You have point of view A, you have point of view B, you're not sure which one to describe to, Well, how about you just go ask the guy with the point of view over all points of view, and he teaches you the right one. Okay, sounds simple, right? If it was simple, everyone would just go and do it. (laughs) But you may even notice that even in the church, it's quite rare for someone to go to God to get taught. Have you guys noticed that? usually will cling more to people. And you guys might even cling to me because you go, oh, I just like how Nate breaks down this stuff. Yeah, that's cool. But my, job, my real job is to point you to him so that you can go to him and get the inside scoop yourself. doesn't have to go through me. <laughs> and then you can start your own teaching night because this is all I've done is just go ask him and he goes, say this. And I'm like, okay, cool. Let's do it. Um, Jesus. Okay. So I'm going to hit you with some, some scriptures to prove this point. Because to be honest, this is rare. It is rare to find someone who actually goes, I'm going to go ask God about that and actually expect an answer. It is rare. But why is that? Because it, I'm going to tell you right now, it is all through the scripture and Jesus did it every day of his life. So how come Christians, people in general actually, just find it very difficult to process this topic? Because to be honest, guys, this topic is key if you're in a trial. You, your mind will most likely be bombarded with questions, mostly beginning with why. Why, God? Why is this happening? Why to me? Why always to me? Why always this time of the year? Those are good questions. <laughs> How about we ask him? Um, Jesus. Okay. John sixteen thirteen. This is Jesus speaking. When the Spirit of truth comes, that's the Holy Spirit, when the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own, but He will tell you what He has heard. So Jesus says, when the Spirit comes, He's not come yet at that time, I'm going to send Him to you, and He is going to guide you into some truth. No, He didn't say that either. He's going to guide you into lots of truth. No, He didn't say that either. He's going to guide you into all truth. Because we think, oh yeah, he kind of guides me sometimes with some things. But Jesus goes, no, no, he will, not he might, he will guide you into all truth. All truth. Have you ever had a question about something and how it works? Cool. Well, you now have the guide that gets you into all truth. And he lives in you. (laughs) So cool. And he will not speak of his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. So he's just hearing from God. He's just modeling an example. He hears from God and he passes on to us. Just like Jesus did. Jesus said, Jesus says, I only do what I see the Father doing and I only speak what I, what I hear the Father tell me. That's life. Whatever the Father tells him, that's what he did. And he's literally the most amazing human on, in human history. No other human has had more books written about him no more paintings painted about him all that sort of stuff he's the, cent- he's the center of human history whether you believe in him or not as saviour he's the center and what was his secret uh, listen to God that's it <laughs> I love how simple it is Christianity gets more simple the further you go with it you end up with like 10 sentences and that's it <laughs> um, this is Jesus again John 14 26 when the, the first one was John 16, 13, by the way. Um, John 14, 26. But when the Father sends the advocate, that's another name for the Holy Spirit. When the Father sends the Holy Spirit as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything that I have told you. He might teach you everything or He will teach you everything. He might teach you some things, or he might teach you, or he will teach you everything. He, Jesus says he will teach you everything. Holy Spirit teaches you everything. And I know you have questions and I know you have doubts. I know you seem that go really bad. So you don't want to just get sucked into that, but we're going to deal with that later. And he will remind you of everything I've told you. Holy Spirit's job is to tell you what Jesus said. They all just bounce off each other forever. They never contradict, they never conflict. They just go, did you remember when Jesus said, because the Father said, because the Holy Spirit said, bounce, 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 bounce. Jesus. Hmm? Someone say my name? Oh, thanks. <laughs> I thought he said Nathan. I was like, hmm? Father? <laughs> Jesus. Um, 1 John two twenty seven. This one's awesome. But you, Christians, you have received the Holy Spirit and he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. But Nate, that's not true because I need to come to teach you night and I need to listen to at least five sermons a week on YouTube. I need to go to church on Sunday or else I'm never going to get fed. Now, the Bible tells you that's not true. The Bible says, So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know and what He teaches is true and is not a lie. Just as He has taught you, remain in fellowship with Jesus. That's 1 John 2.27. You don't need anyone to teach you what's true. You don't need to rely on anyone. You can bounce ideas off people. You can come to teaching that. That's kind of why I'm running it. So people come. But you don't need me. <laughs> you don't need me. You don't need anyone to teach you what's true. You have Holy Spirit. You guys know what I'm saying? It's getting bigger, isn't it? Okay. John 8.28. So Jesus said, When you have lifted up the Son of Man on the cross then you will understand that I am He. And I do nothing on my own, but say only what the Father taught me. Jesus says, I do nothing on my own. Nothing. <laughs> Literally the most crazy human experience ever is His life. And He goes, yeah, I do nothing on my own, but only what the Father taught me. Um, Isaiah 54, 13. All your sons will be taught of the Lord. The prophecy all of your sons will be taught of the Lord sons of God. Then Jesus in in John chapter six fulfills that prophecy and says, as it is written in the scriptures, they will all be taught by God. So he quotes that Isaiah passage and he goes, as it is written, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the father and learns from him comes to me. So Jesus fulfilled that prophecy in his time. Everyone who listens to the father, and learns from him comes to me. You can listen to God and you can learn from him. And in so doing, you will come to Jesus. Because they are one and the same, just so you know. Um, okay, this one's epic. You guys ever heard the term new covenant? Does that make sense to people? New covenant. A covenant is like a promise. So God in the Old Testament, he uh, made contact with Abraham and he goes, I'm going to give you this promise. See the stars in the sky, Abraham? Abraham goes, yep. God goes, <laughs> I'm going to give, God goes, I'm gonna give you more descendants than stars that you can count right now. And Abraham goes, i believe that. And then that's the first covenant. That, that's the first promise that God gave to his people Israel, right? The second covenant is the one that Jesus gives. So the first covenant is to do with physical person, Abraham. To do with a physical country, Israel. It was not to do with any other countries, right? And That was a prophetic image of the people of God, of the church, in the new covenant. So that you can see parallels in the Old Testament, uh, mirroring and foreshadowing this uh, new covenant in the New Testament that Jesus gives. Right. So Jesus says, "I will give you a new covenant. When you drink uh, drink this in remembrance of me. Uh, uh, sorry, drink this wine in remembrance of me, and eat this my body in remembrance of me." Um, Okay, Jeremiah 31 is the first place that the word new covenant is ever used, right? Jeremiah 31, so it's in the Old Testament. Jeremiah is a prophet. So Jeremiah 31, this is crazy. Behold, the days are coming, uh, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. In the Old Testament, the new covenant, the new way of relating to God, do you know what that's going to look like? You're not going to need anyone to teach you anymore and I'm not going to remember your sins anymore. That's the new covenant. The other one, the old covenant covenant had already similar things. I'll be their God, they'll be my people. The new covenant, they will need no one to teach you because I myself will teach them and I'll remember your sins no longer. So cool, so cool. Um, So to be honest, teaching that's cool. Um, but it's kind of like teaching a man to fish. You don't want to just give a man a fish. You'll feed him for a day, right? If you teach a man to fish, you'll feed him for a lifetime as the old saying goes. So if I teach you how to be taught by him, then you don't need me any longer. (laughs) Imagine if you started to rely on me. That's super unhelpful because I only got X amount of hours in the day. You guys know what I'm saying? There's only a certain amount of (laughs) teaching episodes that I can do. Um, but God is infinite and he's always there and you can always speak to him and, he's, and he has way more truth than me. And he can set you free with his word. I can't do that. You should go to him. Um, so, uh, Jordan Juice, Karis's <laughs> son. Um, he, I don't know if you guys remember this from the old teaching. I'll retell the story really quickly. Him and Ben, his older brother, were worshipping one night and Jordan went into a heavenly trance. And he started seeing heaven. He started seeing Jesus. He started he started seeing all these amazing things of heaven. And he was flipping out, just being like, what the heck? This is crazy. He started seeing God. He, Jesus came up to him in heaven, laid hands on him, and prayed for him, and his arm got healed in real life. Like he's a nine-year-old, he was a nine-year-old kid at the time. Um, and it was just an amazing story. You can go listen to it on previous teaching recording recording if you want. But he said in the middle of of um this trance he goes he kept seeing these weird things in heaven like he saw this pipe and there was water rushing through the pipe but there was a gap in the pipe but the water still went over it and then he said ben was like what's going on why why is that pipe doing that and jordan goes i don't know i'm just gonna go ask jesus i don't know i'm just gonna go ask jesus how cool is that i freaking love that because when when you're young and you just you're just learning god why would you think that you can't just go ask jesus there's nothing telling him that he can't, so he just did. He, he I don't know how it works because I never had a spiritual encounter like that, but he just walked around trying to find Jesus to ask him questions. <laughs> so cool. That it's, just, it's like it's no big deal. Do you know what I'm saying? The, the challenge of this talk tonight is to getting you to believe it's no big deal, just talking to God. Because so many of us have tried to talk to God. Probably everyone in this room has tried to talk to God at least once in their life. And probably have found it difficult, have heard nothing, have been confused about what they heard, have, been, have heard conflicting information, and not know what to do, so you gave up. Fair enough. That sucks. I wouldn't want to have an experience like that. So let's talk about it. So I'm going to give you seven reasons why, maybe stuff that you're already thinking, why this is a very difficult teaching to receive. Why it's difficult to say, let's just go and talk to God. Because, number one, quote, listening to God is so hard. That's what people say all the time. It's so hard, Nate. You can't just say, go and ask God. uh, What does that even mean? How do I even do that? Like, what if he doesn't, how do I know when he's speaking? How do I, all these questions come up, right? Okay, just cruise, just chill. Everybody, just calm down, okay? (laughs) Listening to God is not hard. Is it hard to listen to me right now? Maybe if I'm a bad talker. Um, But let's just say I was a really good talker. (laughs) It's not hard to listen to me, is it? You just have to sit there and listen now it is a bit different because I'm speaking physical words and your actual ears are hearing them God can do that but usually he doesn't so it is not so hard to listen to God you just need to learn how to listen to God right you just need to learn how he speaks right Um, and we'll talk more about that in a little bit Um, number two how can I know Nath even if I do hear God if I'm actually hearing right good question this is what I would do if, if you were thinking that Ask God to confirm it to you multiple times. This has been key for me. If, I'm, if I hear a new idea and I'm like, eh, not so sure about that, you shouldn't actually jump into new ideas like that. It's super dangerous. You can get caught on many, many different rabbit trails and end up in who knows where, right? You should take everything carefully and slowly, right? So if you're asking yourself, how can I know if I'm even hearing right? Just say, God, can you please confirm? He- I think I'm hearing you say this but can you please confirm it to me if that's what you're saying? And do you know what he says when you ask him that question? Sure. Why would he say no to that? That's a very, very good question. Cause it means you're trying not to get caught in lies. <laughs> um, guys, by the way, you can ask any question you want right now as well. Like just put your hand up and go, but Nathan, I don't get it. You're confusing. Slow down, whatever. Just yell him out. or put your hand up. Um, number three. My friend, my friend thought they heard God and then they were wrong. That's a key one. My friend um, was told to start a business by God, but then he went bankrupt within the first year. My friend uh, was taught that healing happens all the time, but then um, he prayed for someone and they passed away. My friend did this, my friend did that, and I don't know what to trust. I actually don't want to even associate with those people anymore because they've said X, Y, Z things, and it's not come true. Right? Fair enough. Maybe you shouldn't associate with those people anymore if they're actually... God said this, God said this, God said this. I think with this kind of stuff, we just need to practice discernment and wisdom and bouncing ideas off other people. Does that make sense? So if you think you're hearing something from God and it's, it's crazy, like, give all your money away, maybe go and chat to a few people first before you do that because it might not be God. <laughs> just a bit of wisdom. Um, but don't, if you're thinking... I've seen someone go through that. They said this thing. They said they, um, you know, we're going to... I can't think of an example on the spot. They were going to do this thing and it just didn't happen and now I'm just not so sure. Don't let that discourage you. Does that make sense? Just because someone else has done something and they heard wrong, people hear wrong from God all the time. I hear wrong from God all the time. But I also hear right. So you don't want to just go, okay, the whole thing is crap. I'm never going to even ask God because I'm never going to know if I'm actually right. What you want to do is chew the meat, spit out the bones. Take the good stuff and get rid of the bad stuff. Am I making sense? Is everyone following? You guys, yeah, thumbs up? Yeah, Jesus? Questions. Yes. I have so many questions.
1: Yes. I'm just like wondering. <laughs> you, You're just awesome. That really last thing. Yeah, like, yeah. Kick good stuff, chuck out the bad stuff. Yeah. How are you even supposed to know what's good, what's bad? And I had another question. So you've got like, you've got like, oh hey, God's gonna go chuck all my money away to. Um, yeah. Charity. Yeah. Like, all right. And like, I'm like, I'm sitting on it. I'm checking with God. God show me. And then you're like, you can go ask some people before you just go do that. So what happens if when you go ask some people, those say you ask, say I ask three people, and three of those people, or even two out of three, are not checking in with God in this right structural way, anyway. Great question. And then all of a sudden,
0: next minute, so, yeah, yeah, it's mayhem. I don't know anything. Like, I oh,
1: don't know. Yeah, Sorry.
0: that's a great question. Remind me of the first question again, because I'm now distracted by the second. Oh, how do you know what's right and what's wrong? Yes. Okay. Um, I'll answer that one first. So the reason that there's three ways that you can know if something's right or wrong. The first one is, this is teaching night number two, back in the day, I taught on this about truth. Um, The first one is, is it in the Bible? So if it's not in the Bible, it doesn't necessarily mean it's not true, but if it's, in, if it's in the Bible it says the opposite to that, then it's definitely not true. So for example, if someone's uh, uh, having sex before marriage and they go, I just feel peace on my heart from God that I'm supposed to have sex before marriage. It just feels right to me. I can see it in the natural order. I can see it in creation with the animal kingdom and whatever, just all this crap, right? You can go, cool, you can back it up with as much spiritual language as you want. You can make it sound so super holy, but if the Bible says that ain't cool, instantly it's not cool. So that's the first one, right? The second one is, do you see it in the life of Jesus? Could you imagine him saying this thing? Could you imagine him going doing this thing, right? And the third one is, is it gonna produce fruit in your life? That's a a bit more of a difficult question to answer, but those are the three things that I would run through. And still, even after that, I wouldn't necessarily know if it's God, so first of all I just take my time with this stuff if God says give $3,000 away I ain't gonna go do that straight away I'm just not going to that's not how me and his relationship works we take time me and him (laughs) I don't know why it just just takes time Um, and so what I would do is, is I would just slow down make sure there's no emotion driving my decision make sure I'm not like trying to hear that thing oh I think he's saying this You could be tricking yourself into so many different things. So just slow down, take it easy, ask multiple times, say, God, can you please confirm it to me? And Because what could happen is, this has happened to me so many times, I feel something on my heart, I'm not so sure about it, but then someone comes up and gives me a word and they didn't know I was thinking that. And that for me is a very strong confirmation that God is speaking to me about that topic and then I most probably will take it on board. And if not, I seek another person out what does this person think? Especially someone who does listen to God and I know they do because I see the fruit in their life. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I go and ask them. I say, hey, I'm thinking about this very big decision. What What are your first initial thoughts on that? And people usually have like a lot to say. So, Does that answer question one and two?
1: I reckon, yeah. So just with the people that you go to, just be cautious that you're seeing yeah. them do all those first three things. Yeah. You should be safe.
0: Yeah. Because the danger is, everyone has opinions on everything, right? Yeah. They might even dress it up with holy language. This is where it gets super hectic because they might sound so dang spiritual, but if they don't go to God and have this one-on-one thing with Him, I wouldn't listen. Like, I just wouldn't. I, I might listen, but I'd take it with a grain of salt because it's, sometimes it can potentially be like asking a Pharisee. Mm-hmm. Like, just because you memorize the scripture doesn't mean you know God. You know what I mean? You can memorize the whole Bible and have no clue what he looks like. And then when you see what someone who actually is him, you want to throw him on the cross.
2: Well, uh, brother. Yes. got to that uh, question. Yeah. Um, she asked already. you um, sexual immorality, yeah? Um, marriage without, uh, sex without marriage is yep. sin, right? Yeah. So everyone knows that, everyone knows the scripture. So as a Christian, we believe that if you do that, Sinful and, uh, so even though that um Jesus Christ died for, died for us and because of the Calvary, yeah, right? so by the world, Jesus Christ will be Yeah. So what about if someone um no one's perfect? I'm I'm not um, referring to that uh, uh, to marriage, yeah uh, before uh, sexual relationship before marriage. Yeah. I'm not referring to that. I'm referring to all the sins. Don't asce don't criticize, respect your father and mother. All the all yeah. the You know, also the New Yeah. The greatest comment on love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Love your God with you also, love your soul and with your own.
0: Yeah.
2: So what if someone did such a thing? And I'm, and that person is believing cause, you know what I mean? So and we all we all already you know, we we have been forgiven what we love to do. So
0: what's, what's going to happen? so is the question if someone did sin yeah. and they are defending themselves by saying, that no, it's... No, it's
2: not trying to be sinned by saying, perfect. Are we you know? forgiven? So, yeah, yeah. before we... Absolutely. That's a really good question. Absolutely. That's not going to be sinned, you know?
1: Oh, no. He
0: who have not sinned, cast first known. 100%. So, yeah, that's that's not necessarily what I'm talking about. I'm not saying if you... <laughs> done some sin I'm that everyone saying, in this room has
2: I'm not has. saying um, that's the right thing to do you know,
0: yeah
2: i long time to say so by the blood of Jesus Christ will show the cross of the Calvary for us yes we all, we, we all have been saved as far as you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is yes. your
0: Lord yes you I, I, say, I definitely say.
2: but what about if you, if you confess with your mouth at the same time you commit mm. something you know what I mean I'm, 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 I'm not trying to say if you're gonna commit something bad, like everyone knows, like you gotta get wife, you gotta you gotta get married, you know what I mean? Husband and wife are one, you know what I mean? What well, about during this song Something happened, so yep. you know, it, like you know, it doesn't it, make sense. Is
0: the question? Uh, sorry, if uh, I'm just trying to clarify what you're saying, is the question, if someone believes in Jesus, yeah. right, and they are confessing that they believe in Jesus. And then they sin, just the accident, they mess up, they just, whatever, what happens then? Is that the question? Yes. Great question. Um, the cool thing is that the Bible does actually answer this exact question, because in 1 John chapter 2, it says, if anyone does sin, so it's not when you sin, it's if, if this does happen, if someone does sin and you're a Christian, we have an advocate, a lawyer, essentially what that means, with the Father to defend you. His name is Jesus. So Jesus goes and works on your behalf to defend you before the throne. Obviously, uh, not making a practice of sin. 1 John chapter 3 goes on to talk about he who makes a practice of sin doesn't even know God, right? So if you're making a practice out of sin, so we're getting a little bit off, off topic now, but does that? I want to get back to this a little bit, but does that cover it enough? I, I would just say if anyone's worrying, wondering about that, go read 1 John chapter 1, 2 and 3 and read it slow and ask God all your questions, because questions do come up. Um, is that cool? Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Um, does that answer your question, Court? Completely. Yeah, you feel peace? Peace. 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 Awesome. I love peace. Fruit of the Spirit. All right. Q. Um, cool. Okay, here's another one. A reason why people find this difficult. Sometimes I don't know if I'm hearing God or hearing what I want to hear. Now, that's, that's a good question as well. Because that means that you're very self-aware that you could be tricking yourself into thinking that you're hearing something, right? So what, what this is going to require is that you have a relationship with God that He's allowed to call you out on anything and that you are very aware between the spirit and the flesh. Does that make sense? So uh, what I'm trying to say is all these things that people come up with to say why they wouldn't actually go and ask God, none of them are good enough reasons to not go and ask Him questions. Does that make sense? None of them are good enough reasons. Um, Number five, I've tried this and God never answers. That's not true. God always answers. You're probably just not listening or you gave up too quickly or you genuinely just didn't care about the answer. You were just frustrated. There's plenty of things I can get in the way. God's never going to force himself on you. I say that literally every week. God never forces himself on anyone. You know what I mean? He's a gentleman wooing you into relationships. Not a relationship if it's it's forced. (laughs) That's horrible. Um, (laughs) God always answers your questions. God always wants to uh, teach you. It's his desire. He gets joy from it. Why wouldn't he? He's a father? Father loves, Fathers love teaching their children about how life is. The question is not, does God answer my questions? The question is, can you hear his answers? Do you know how to listen to his voice? Can you hear the still, quiet whisper? Do you know how to block out the other noise? Do you know how to set aside time when you're listening to God? Does that make sense? By the way, if you guys are wondering how this all relates to trials, I promise I will bring it back on path in the end. Yeah. <laughs> Number six, Nath, I've tried this. Thought I heard God, then I was wrong, and now I'm scared to trust again. Fair enough. Disappointment is super painful to go through. You might've thought that you heard God to, um, I don't know, examples on the spot again go travel and be a missionary and it was a complete disaster you hated it it was not fruitful it was horrible right what do you do then that's a good question well i'll tell you what you don't do is you don't stop speaking to god and asking him questions and being in a relationship with him that's what people do they get hurt and they blame him as the one who hurt hurt them whereas you could have honestly just heard wrong because you weren't in a relationship with him You weren't just listening to the still quiet voice. You weren't working that relationship with him where he can say anything to him and you feel comfortable to say anything back to him. A real relationship. You guys might have friendships where it's like you say what you think you should say and they say back to you what they think they should say. That's called not a friendship. (laughs) That's just, that's almost a stranger. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? Neither of you are sharing your hearts. If you and God are like that where he just says these basic general spiritual principles for your life and you're like, cool, thanks, see you at Christmas and Easter. And then, <laughs> and then you're just back to him like, only, you only come to him when you're in absolute dire need. That's not a relationship. That's not you and God walking together, that's not it. You guys know what I'm saying? Um, number seven, I've seen other people say that God told them to do something that I don't think even God would ever say. Good question maybe people have done that. But again, don't let other people's experience deter you from having your own experience with God. Just because someone said something, they said, God told me to go and burn down that church across the road because they've been preaching heresy. It's like, I don't think God likes burning his bride, pal. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, Yeah. (laughs) Just because that happened doesn't mean that you can't still talk with God. Don't, don't, what I'm saying is don't throw this topic out because it's hard or I tried and it failed or that person did this and this happened. Don't throw it out, it's awesome. And, and the reason I'm so passionate about this is because how the heck do you think I got out of my trial? Why do you think I've spent three weeks talking about reading your heart, keeping yourself in the vine, keeping yourself humble, not judging yourself when you're in a trial? keeping yourself in a place of peace, patience and rest. Why do you think I'm telling you you guys this? Because when you're in a hard time, what you need is the Word of God. And so many things try to get in the way. I'm frustrated at God, well, it blocks Him. <laughs> I've removed myself from Jesus because I just can't handle that right now. Well, that blocks Him from working in, 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 in your life. Why well, does I just don't think that He ever speaks to me? He's never done it before. Cool, He's not going to speak to you then. You don't even believe it. You're not even going to try, probably. I've spent three weeks building building this up to this point because you just need... Really, the the answer is seek God and walk with Him through this trial wherever you're at in your life. That's really the answer. And the reason I spent three weeks building up to this point where I'm just like, talk with God, guys, is because there are so many reasons... (coughs) there are so many reasons that we come up with in our head for why we don't do that. Does that make sense? We just come up with so many things. I'm hurt. I'm bitter. I'm disappointed. Christianity sucks. God never speaks to me. That's why I spent three weeks breaking this down. No, please stay in the vine. Please stay connected to Jesus. Keep your heart humble. Make your heart the soft soil. Don't judge yourself. It's okay. You didn't do anything wrong. Remove What I'm doing is I'm removing the lies that keep you trapped. Does that make sense? I'm removing the lies that keep you trapped in a trial. That keep you stagnant. That keep you feeling spiritually dead. You guys following?
2: Can I ask a question? Of course you can. How come when you go through a trial, like, why is it that other people, like when they're in pain, like they can be so hard on themselves. Why do you think that is? Why do you think people can be so bitter and mad and frustrated and all this kind of thing, you know? At like
0: themselves. Ah, the- uh, I don't know. Jenny, It's a, a good question. Um, I think there's lots and lots and lots of reasons, but I think the main reason would be that they don't know love. They've, they don't know what real love is. They don't know that they are loved. They don't have love for themselves and it feels easy and somewhat satisfying to blame themselves. They, they like to maybe potentially punish themselves because they feel like they've done something wrong. There's lots of reasons for it, but I think they just don't, they have not yet experienced the fullness of the love of God because that changes everything.
2: Were you ever hard on yourself when you're
0: going to a trial? Um, yes and no. Back in the day, I used to be very hard on myself very strong mindset kind of person, when something would go wrong, I wouldn't blame God, I'd just blame me, right? Well, actually, I've gone through lots of different seasons, so it's not necessarily true. But I think God has fathered me and shown me it's very, very important, even if you're in the hardest time and even if it's potentially somehow your fault, never blame yourself. Never, never. What, what good does it do? Never blame God, never blame yourself. You don't, have to blame. you don't have to place blame anywhere. Keep yourself at peace, at rest, and, and humble and ready to receive from Him. It's, just the, it's the best way to get through a trial. It's the best way. You, you, God will bring out more fruit in your life because of this. You will come out the other side of the trial knowing God better than when you went in. It's crazy. He doesn't cause all this stuff against you, but He definitely uses it. Do you guys know what I'm saying? He didn't cause you to go through the pain that you're going through. I know lots of you in this room are going through lots of painful stuff. God's not sitting up in heaven causing that on you, but He's using it. and he's, he, this, this is God's heart, to walk with His people through the hard times. It's, it, it might be... And you know what? Here's the thing, right? I would say a sentence like that, and my, the prior version of myself would go, but I don't get that, Nath. Because if I was God, I would just go, bang, all trials ended. If you think that way, that's so fair enough. That's a great question. Do you know what you should do with that question? Go and ask God. God, why don't you just go like this? Bang, trials done. Why don't you do that? Teach me. I want to know. Teach me. I'm fascinated by that question. You guys following? You can ask him anything do so you think it might offend him to ask him that no he already knows that you're thinking it you may as well just vocalize it <laughs> get it out there does that answer your question miss jenny Thank you. legend thank you um okay so week number one what do we do with trials so many people i've watched in trials, they judge themselves. listen to what we are just talking about. They judge themselves. They think something strange is happening to them. They think trials are not supposed to happen. They think life is supposed to be easy breezy and under control. They think everyone else is going fine in their life and they judge themselves. They think they're the only ones. That's not true. That's not true. You're not the only one going through a trial. Most people, I would say honestly, most people right now are going through hard things in their life and you'd have no clue. <laughs> you'd have no idea. Literally, people in this room, and you wouldn't even know it. <laughs> oh, man, that's just true. Um, week number one, do not be surprised if you find yourself in the trial. Week number two, I've seen people do this as well. They harden themselves. Oh, no, sorry, that's week number three. Week number two, keep yourself in the vine. So many people remove themselves from Jesus because they like Jesus to be bitter at God. They like to be frustrated at God. It's somewhat, I don't fully understand this, it's somewhat fleshly satisfying to be angry at God and shake the fist. Somehow that feels satisfying to people. I don't really get it, because it's never gonna help you. But lots of people do it, because they're hurt, and they don't know how to deal with the hurt. But if you listen carefully to these talks, you you will pick up the tools of how to deal with your hurt. Remove yourself from the lies, that you're the only one, and keep yourself in Jesus. Um, week number three. People harden their hearts in self-righteousness and pride. They harden their hearts in self-righteousness and pride. Well, God should have showed up, and because He didn't, I'm not going back there. And I can't believe you'd even ask me to do that. And da 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 da. Hard hardness and pride literally opposes God. You are opposite to Him when you're in that state. You cannot receive from Him. And number four, this week, they do not speak to God or they, and they do not get spoken to by God. Can you see, if, if you were in a trial, that those are probably the top four things that Satan would try and get you to do. Judge yourself and make, and make yourself feel crap for being in a trial, right? Step number one. Um, step number two, remove yourself away from Jesus. So there's no possible chance that good fruit can flow into your life. So number three, harden yourself in self-righteousness and pride. And number four, don't speak to God or get spoken to by him. That is a breeding ground for a depressed life, for being disconnected from God or trying to find God in something else that's just not God, never going to sustain you or satisfy you. You guys following? No? <laughs> Need some yeps in this room. You guys following?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just Yahoo! Just... Huh? To yeah,
0: I want listening and talking, Jenny. Um, <laughs> okay, so if you feel like you've done all that you can from the first three weeks of trials and you've been really listening really hard and you're like, Nath, I am in pain or I have people that in my life that are really in pain and they need to get out of it. What, what do I do? I've done the first three weeks. Then now is the time that you actually seek God to get some answers, some clarity and some direction. Because no matter what kind of trial that you are in, Now is the time, I'm giving you reasons to do this, to seek God for some answers. You might have just burning questions on your heart. Why is it like this, God? Why? Number two, get clarity in your life. Where am I going? I thought I was going down towards marriage with this person and they broke my heart three weeks ago. Now what am I doing? Where's my life going? What the heck's going on? Give me some clarity, God. Show me the bigger picture. Show me the vision. And number three, direction in your life. What do I do now? What do I do? Show me what to do. What what can I do tomorrow? That's going to get me started on this path back towards healing. So just so you know, guys, you can ask God whatever you want. Whatever you want. I'm surprised we don't talk about this stuff more in, in Christian circles. You're allowed to say to God, whatever you like. Do you think David, when he was writing the Psalms, had a filter on what he was saying? He said, I'm dying like a deer that's never had water. God, help. <laughs> that's real, you know? He had no filter. He had no, oh, prayer must look like this. Dear God, I thank you for this in my life. Please give me more of this in my life. And also, I'm really struggling with this. Amen, see you Smo. It's so fake. God's like, you don't even mean a single word that you just said. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Thanks for laughing, Cass. I appreciate it. Um, Jesus King. Um, Yeah, you're allowed to vent to God. Did you guys know that? You are allowed to vent. Job vented. Job spent ages venting to God. And God said, I've not charged you with sin. In all of this, Job did not sin, God said. Now, God does show up at the end and rebuke Job. But I think that there's an element of, of, of Job's life that is okay. He was in pain. Do you guys know the story of Job? Mm-hmm. He lost everything, basically. <laughs> it's hectic. <laughs> <Is that okay? laughs> yeah, literally, yeah. He lost everything and he is just sad. It literally says Job after he lost his whole life, his whole family, his whole house, his whole business, his whole money, everything. And his, his body is riddled with sickness. Everything that you can imagine going wrong went wrong for Job. He sat on the ground for seven days and said nothing. That is a good thing to do when you lose everything. You should be sad. You are allowed to vent. You should cry. If you don't cry, you're not like God because God cries. (laughs) Where do you think crying comes from? It doesn't come from the devil. It comes from God. God gets sad. Holy Spirit gets grieved. You are allowed to grieve. You are allowed to sit on the ground for seven days and say nothing. That's what Job did. And then you're allowed to bring all your questions before God. What is going on? Because Job had no clue. If you're the reader of Job, you get the behind the scenes picture. Job didn't get that. You get to see that Satan was tormenting Job. But Job didn't know that. So Job had one million questions. And everyone tried to give their two cents in Job as well. All the friends come along. I think it's this. I think you've got sin in your life. I think you did this wrong and they're all just wrong, <laughs> ask God. And the end of Job, it's pretty cool. God shows up and says, Job, what the heck are you doing? This is who I am, and then restore to him double. It's awesome. That's the heart of God, <laughs> restoration times two. Um, you are allowed to vent to God. You should vent to God. You should tell him everything that's going on in your life. You do to your best friend, you do to your mom, you do to your sister, So why don't you do it with the person that you're supposed to be closest to in the universe? God. (laughs) It's Because you just don't yet believe that he cares. You don't yet believe that he listens. You don't yet believe he's gonna say something good. Just don't yet believe that. That's okay, you can start tonight. (laughs) Um, And you're allowed to push back to God on things that you don't get yet. So today, I was at work. I was doing something new that I hadn't done yet. So I call a friend over who understands it and I said, can you explain how this thing works to me? And he goes, you need to do X, Y, and Z. And I said, whoa, 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 hold up. Talk to me about step number two. Say that again because I don't get it. You're allowed to do that with God. You can't just say, oh yeah, I get it, yeah, I get it. You don't get it. <laughs> you, you should say, I don't get it, God. Your, your teaching on baptism makes no sense to me. I don't get why Peter would say you need to be baptized to be saved. Why did he say that? I thought you just need to be, believe in your heart cool that's a good question God wants to know I mean sorry God wants to tell you and he knows that you're already thinking that you're allowed to push back say God I don't get it it's a great question I really encourage great questions um, and great questions all, all great questions are are ones that are come from your heart they could be the silliest things like God where did the universe come from and he goes me but because if it's real like it's good <laughs> do you know what I'm saying bless you Jenny Um, and he's very important as well don't get rude with God just stay humble that's it don't get rude with him don't say oh cool I can push back I can vent cool I can just say whatever I want no still be respectful be respectful like you would to anyone else just stay humble with it okay now I'm going to tell you my story about how I actually got through all the crap that I went through so if you didn't hear the other talks yet I went through a really crap spiritual state a year and a half ago it was a nightmare. I hated it. I had no vision for my life. I was down. I was pretty depressed. I was very confused. I was lost. I had so many questions and I had to cancel teaching night. Stop going to church, stop praying, stop reading the Bible because I was overwhelmed. That's in summary. That's a 10-second version. Okay. So, the first 3 weeks of this, not judging myself, not feeling guilty, all that sort of stuff. Keeping myself in Jesus and keeping myself humble as best as I knew how were very, very important. And I could not possibly do step number four if I didn't do the first three, right? Because step number four, as you're hearing tonight, is ask God what's going on. Ask God for answers. Ask God seeking for direction. So that's what I did. One thing at a time, very slowly, He guided me and He taught me through what I needed to view differently. One thing at a time. I didn't rush it. I didn't go, God, I have 1,000 questions. You can do that if you want, but I would suggest just do one at a time. Um, one at a time, Holy Spirit. And also, I would say, chat to Holy Spirit too, because like I said, you can chat to any of them, it's fine. But there's a, a particular role that He has that's different from the other two in the Godhead. I know this gets a bit confusing. <laughs> um, but He's the one who's there, who's given to you. He's a gift given to you to guide you into all truth, right? So Holy Spirit is is specific on that. Um, So say, Holy Spirit, how did I get here in my life? What were the steps that I took that I ended up here? I don't like here. Can you show me? He says yes, and he shows you. I promise he will. I have so much confidence that he will, because he did to me a billion times. Um, Now, this may not make the trial instantly go away, but it certainly makes it so much better because you get to walk with him through it. How much better is the idea of walking with someone who genuinely loves you and cares for you and has the answers and has the power and has the miracles and all that things that you actually want, walking with you through it, rather than you trying to do it yourself. You can't do this by yourself. Life is super difficult to do by yourself. I would almost say impossible. Life is super difficult to do by yourself and you haven't felt that yet, that's great. (laughs) But it gets tough, man, it gets real tough. So, even when you're surrounded by the valley of the shadow of death, this is, what, this is what David writes, even when you're surrounded, all you see in your life surrounding you is death. You believe in God, you go to church, you pray, you believe the best you could, and you're surrounded by death. Who's ever found themselves there? <laughs> How crazy is that? You're doing everything that you possibly can to be surrounded by life. Next minute death all around. <laughs> but he, he write, David writes in that psalm, but your rod comforts me." The rod, the, like the staff that he walked with because he was a shepherd, right? The Lord is a good shepherd. He's walking, he's surrounded by death, but right next to him is God. What's God doing? Comforting him. It's okay, David. We'll get to the valley soon. A Couple more kilometers and we'll be good. <laughs> you guys know what I'm saying? Um, so this is, what, this is the first question that I asked God. I said, God, this is kind of the state I was in. I was like, God, what the hell is happening in my life right now? I have no clue. Just teach me. That's the first thing I said to God. Now that's a good question. Do you know why it's a good question? Because it's real. That's what I actually felt. What the actual heck is going on right now. Now, the only reason you would ever ask a question like that is because you actually care about the answer. I would encourage you, if you, have, if you have questions like that in your heart, go and ask God. And we're going to do a little exercise later with that as well. So I, that was the first question I asked. What the heck is going on? Then he answered my question. He said, Nath, your thinking on faith has harmed you. You have not listened to my word the way that you were supposed to and you've taken my word and you've turned it into a religious activity and now you're reaping the results of the seeds you've sown in religion. Hopefully that's not too Christianese for you guys. Um, uh, (laughs) Basically what he was telling me was, Nate, the way that you view this topic is wrong, is not my heart and it's hurt you. And I was like, oh, frick, that makes so much sense. No wonder I hated doing it because it was not you. I always felt it was like an energy thing. I had to keep putting my energy in. Oh, it's actually not you. Oh, okay, okay. And then my next question was, why did my faith hurt me that much? Sorry, why did my thinking on faith hurt me that much? That's a good question. Do you know why it's a good question? Because it's real. That's actually what I was thinking. Why did it hurt me that much, God? I don't get that. That's so confusing. And do you know what he said? He goes, you... Uh, I'm just paraphrasing. I didn't actually say these exact words, by the way. I'm not saying, thus say the Lord, da da, da. He said, um, <clears throat> it hurt you that much because you were working to try and get me to do something over and over and over again, which means that you were setting this expectation that I was going to come through for you looking like how you thought it was going to. And when you finally got tired of doing that, you got so let down and disappointed because you had put so much energy into receiving this thing that you thought you were going to get, but you didn't get it. And then you got super hurt and disappointed because disappointment is very, very painful to deal with. Said so something like that. And I was like, oh, disappointment. Oh, that makes sense. And you say, and you just start to learn. You learn about yourself. You learn about God. You learn about life. <laughs> just by asking these questions. Because they're genuinely, you don't know the answer until he tells you. And he just puts it on your heart. This, this is how he would speak to me. He would put the idea on my heart and I'd go, oh, it would literally just pop into my head one day. I'd go, oh, oh, I get it. And then he'd show me a Bible passage to confirm it. I'd be like, oh, I get it, Galatians 3. Da, da, da. Yes, yes, oh my gosh, no wonder. And still I'm in the trial. Still I'm feeling the pain. Still I have no energy, but it's starting to slowly lift because the lies that were keeping me there are starting to lift off. Does that make sense? The lies got me there. That's why Jesus said the truth sets you free. <clears throat> why? Because lies bind you. And truth breaks lies. Surprise. Um, <laughs> that's what it's kind of good for. Um, so then I said to him, this is, just, this is just me, I'm just walking through exactly what I did. I said to him, So, God, why was I so eager to have that thinking on faith? Like, what was it that drove me to have that thinking in the first place? That's a good question. Do you know why it's a good question? (laughs) Because it's real. That's what I was thinking. What drove me, God? How did I get to that place? And he said to me, because you are so eager to see my kingdom that you'll take it out of my control and put it into your own control, dress it up with spiritual language, Call it faith when it's actually not. And then push, push, push until you finally see it. And that's not my kingdom, Nath. And I was like, Phew. dang, like what the heck? I'm so different to the kingdom of God in how I'm doing this. I, I, the, the desire to see his, his kingdom is good. But the way I did it, I took control of him. Oh, God's not showing up the way I wanted to. Cool. I'm going to faith, 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 faith into existence. And I brought back religion brought back death I shouldn't have done that so then then we get to the heart of the or heart of the question the heart of my own heart God why did I get so affected not seeing the kingdom of God so the thing is I wanted to see the kingdom of God so I took control into my own hands I twisted the topic of faith and then I ended up being disappointed right so why did we start here why did I get so disappointed not seeing the kingdom of God manifest that's a very good question because <laughs> it's real you get it all right why <laughs> I'm crazy tonight why did I get so affected by not se- <laughs> why' did I get so affected by not seeing the kingdom of God? okay the reason I got so affected by not seeing it is because I doubt that it's even real. now the heart comes out now the heart behind uh the heart behind my questions, the heart behind my pain, my angst, because I doubt the thing is real in the first place. And Nath, that drives so many of your decisions. You're trying to make it feel real to you because you, you want Christianity to be real to you. You want God to be real, but you take it into your own hands. And that's where you get unstuck. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm so nervous at the idea of Christianity not being real brings me so much pain that I'll take it into my own hands to so do this thing with faith and da and I end up being disappointed. So where did it start? It started with this doubt. God, are you really there? Am I I an idiot for believing in this stuff? See, I was thinking that the whole time. I still think that from time to time. It was always there, but I never had the guts to deal with it. I had the guts to take it into my own control and try and make it my own thing, right? But that's not dealing with your issues. If you say, God, I'm just not sure that you're real. Cool. That's called normal. <laughs> everyone, faces, <laughs> everyone faces that thought. Is this even real? Am it, am it, it's all in my head, especially in the West. So much. So, I can't stress this enough. In the West, it is so difficult to believe in Christianity. Have you guys felt that? You can go to a third world country and it just feels significantly easier to believe in God there. It's almost like hard to not believe in him when you're there. You guys ever feel that? And then you come back here, you get back into normal Sydney life, doing the nine to five, trying to stay alive. Yeah, making ends meet. <laughs> and everyone's got their own views and you're bombarded with Facebook stuff all the time. And there's so many articles and people are so strong in their opinions and they're so loud and you just feel shut down, shut down. Is this even really, you get really internal, really internal. This, this, is, this is the life that, this is, this is how I feel in my, in my life here in Sydney. This is how I feel. And God's like, Nate, how about you just talk to me about it? Ask the question. Ask me to show... Tell you what a good good question is. God, can you show yourself to me? Just in more ways. Show yourself to me in more ways. Show me the reality of you more in my life. I want to see it. I I find it really easy to doubt when I'm not seeing you more in my life. I have to be experiencing you, don't I, God? Is this making sense, guys? You guys following? So, that's just an example of what I did. So, he literally... That's just like three or four things I've just shared with you. He literally taught me so many things about myself. So, so I know myself so much better now. I know why I do so many things that I do. Whereas a year and a half ago, I had no clue. I just wake up, do my thing because that's just who I am. It's kind of good to know why you do what you do. It's very helpful. <laughs> um, yeah, I can very confidently say that after all this, I, I know God so much better after having gone through this. It's not as if I liked the pain. No one likes pain, seriously. That's that's dumb if you like pain. Um, But I can confidently say that I know him so much better and I'm thankful that I learnt a lot through this uh, and that he used the trial in my life to teach me. And honestly, how could I not feel like I'm closer to God after going through that? Literally, me and him are speaking every day about the most deep personal things of my and his heart. How do you not grow closer to someone doing that? If you do that with a human every day, you grow so close to them. Almost instantly too. <coughs> you guys ever notice that? You have like a basic surface level relationship. And it's like, yeah, I kind of know them. One day it just goes real deep and you're just like, whoa, I just like know you now. Because we just got past the crap. <laughs> that's, you can do that with God too. <laughs> you might have had just like surface level stuff with God your whole life. You know what I'm saying? Thank you for my daily bread, God. And that's it. I don't know, you can go much deeper than that. So slowly he set me free the way he always does it and that's with the truth. The truth sets you free, that's what Jesus says. Then you'll know the truth and the truth is setting you free. It's a process, the truth is always setting you free. The more you learn truth, the more you get set free. Sometimes you think you know truth, then it ends up not producing fruit in your life and you go, oh, that actually wasn't true. Like for example, me with um, my faith thinking, it was wrong. So you have to go relearn it. You know what I'm saying? It's it, We're always learning, guys. We're always growing. Day by day being renewed, transferred by the renewing of our mind. There's a process to this. There's no pressure for you to be anywhere right now. You just gotta be you. Um, Jesus key. Um, yeah, uh, to be honest, I'm not fully free. I'm just not. I've not experienced the fullness of his freedom. I thought for a while I had, but it didn't last, so it's not real, is it? Um, <laughs> But I've experienced lots of his freedom. And if if I look back on my life, I'm like, wow, I used to do that, 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 and that, and I I genuinely don't even want to do that anymore. Do you know what that's called? Freedom. Recount that stuff in your life. Man, I used to think that, I used to want that, I used to, what the heck? I don't even want that anymore. Cool, that's Jesus setting you free by the truth. It's a process. You know what I'm saying? So cool. And Holy Spirit's there to guide you into all truth because truth sets you free. See, it all links up full circle. Thanks, God. Um, yeah, to be honest, like even, even today, I had a really crap day. It was a crap day. I did not have a good day today. Um,
2: Can you clarify what you mean by saying you're not really free?
0: Yeah, good question. Um, what I mean by that statement is that I'm not fully experiencing the freedom that I know is possible in Jesus. So I believe that Jesus is the example of our life and we can walk like him. There's a hundred verses in the Bible telling you that you can do that, right? But I've not fully experienced that. So because I've grown up thinking certain things, like I said before, I've framed up a certain box in my life and some of it's just not true. And God is yet to pinpoint those lies in my life that are keeping me held and bound and whatever, unfree, I guess you could say. And so it's just a growing process. Does that make sense, Jules? Did I did I make it confusing by what I said?
1: Uh, No, I just
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: Maybe an example.
0: An example. Um, Okay. An example. All right. If you look at the life of Jesus, um, Jesus doesn't get offended by anyone in his life. You guys notice that? Mm Jesus doesn't get offended by anyone in his life, right? He's not going to believe the Pharisees rejecting my sermon again. It's unbelievable. I put so much work into that sermon. Frick, he doesn't do that. He just doesn't, he's just not offended, right? I still experience being offended by people. I just do. I know that I cannot walk in that. And there's been times where I have walked in that. In fact, I've walked so much stronger in that than I used to. But the fullness of that, where I never get offended. No, I've not walked in that. Does that makes, is that a good example? Yeah, so f- yeah. I was like, you can say something. just felt um, that. Courtney's got something. Always <laughs> <laughs> oh, have a question. You can yeah. me yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I was thinking just envisioning that like I think that I'm seeing it two different ways which I wonder is possibly what's going on in Jules' head. It's yeah. Like, I'll just throw them both out there yes. and you tell me what you think might be right. It's okay. like what I feel like you are saying <laughs> is that you are metaphorically walking along and you've got a heap of chains and gradually as you journey with God yep. he knocks them off by giving you truth and then you're released from those lies. Yep. I do wonder, as another option, do you think possibly we could be walking through life and we actually are in freedom because we we actually do have truth on all the things relevant to us. And then it's like a lie gets thrown at us and then we're caged. Right. And then it has to be, ta- or do you think we're just, does that make sense? Yeah. And like, then I just kind of see kids <coughs> being like, running around like chains aren't really hitting them yet or whatever and as we yeah. grow up, it's easier for the chains to attach themselves. Sure. Does that make any sense?
0: I think so. Um, and out of the two, I think it's the first one. Yeah. Um, because apparently that, that passage where Jesus says, um, then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. Apparently, the "set you free" part is actually probably better translated in English to "and is setting you free." Uh. There's a process because so, it kind of feels as you read it, you go, "I oh know the truth, and I'm gone. I'm I'm free. That's it." But I think, it's apparently, the Greek around that is actually this is just what I heard from Chris valton The gr- the Greek around it is, uh, process. Yeah. The truth is setting you free. Um, Could be yeah. Adventure. Like Say again one of those things intention, like you are Intention, like yeah. Like completely set free, but yeah. you are being set free and it's a paradox okay. that our human mind can't comprehend. Yeah. yeah. But it, it's one of the things of the kingdom of God. That it, it could you be intention. Yeah. yeah, that's why I almost don't really know how to answer it. Yeah, so I, I think it sounds like both as well. Because then yeah. you yeah. can get set free from things and then things in life get thrown on you and you go, Oh no, I'll walk through that, I'll yeah. butt that yeah. off sort of thing. Yeah. But it's not some heavy inner healing process. You're like, yeah. I'm worried i'm good sure Yeah. just like a little thing yeah yeah, yeah. Cool. i do think though ha- like having said that if you are believing any lie then you are not fully free does that make sense if there's even one lie in you that you believe you're not fully oh, yeah. experiencing yeah. the freedom that you could be yeah, yeah, yeah. in god oh sorry i was meaning more like Salvation, in your spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. spirit yeah oh spirit yes yeah, yeah. i know yeah 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 i was thinking more in your spirit i'm totally free I'm Oh yeah, 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 I yeah. yeah.
1: I get what you're saying. You're a different version of
0: free. Hundred percent. I <laughs> right now I am free in Jesus. Does that make sense? And I'm being made free. made free. Yeah. Who knows how that works? I don't have any clue, but I want more of it. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> isn't, it, <it's, laughs> isn't it a transformation of the mind? Yeah, absolutely. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. So. And trials are
2: part of that transformation.
0: Yes, definitely. <laughs> that's it that's the process isn't it yeah
2: That's
0: the transformation of the yeah absolutely yeah yeah I, I find it difficult to give a straight-up black-and-white answer and stuff because I think you're right there's a tension to it I don't I don't really know how to process it does, does it make sense yeah. what is it, it's all good yeah cool um, I don't want to confuse anyone though <laughs> if anyone's confused please speak up um, I'll keep moving though because we've been going for a while as usual um, Cool, cool, cool. Um, but yeah, so even today, like I've had an, an average day, but the thing is I've set these things into my life where I'm like, I just know to keep myself humble. I know to keep myself in the vine and I know to always be asking God, what's going on? Teach me God. Like today I just felt like I had a really spiritually off day. I can't explain it, but that's, it's a good question. God, what's going on? Teach me. Um, Cause all you need from him is one word. Do you know that God created the entire universe with one word? And that Jesus is holding the, together the universe right now with the power of His word, Hebrew says? That's amazing. Like the, the word of God is amazing. You just need one word. One. The word of God can come into your heart and change everything in an instant. It's, it's incredible. I've never heard some of the stories that people have, like anything like that, some of the stories people share about, you know, hearing from God. God spoke to me and it just went... It's amazing it's seriously amazing um you were designed to live this life free and to live it with him how on earth can you do that if you don't ask him questions <laughs> it's such a strange concept that 90 plus percent of the world believe in a god but only very few actually reach out to him to have a genuine conversation with him why is that why does that 90 plus percent of the world apparently that's the statistics believe in at least some sort of god um but so few, even within the church, reach out to him to have a genuine conversation. Why did it take me 20 years to do that? Why, do you know what I'm saying? It's just good. Um, it's key, like my whole life is based on this concept. You can talk to God. My whole life is based on that. It's it's kind of not good. If you can, <laughs> it's just kind of crap without talking to him, to be honest. Um, Now, like I said, there are a million more things that we could talk about with trials. This topic goes on forever, to be honest, but we're gonna probably leave it there for now, unless Jesus said otherwise. Um, But this blueprint of not judging yourself, of keeping yourself humble, of keeping yourself in Jesus and then asking God questions will get you through so much of your trial. Will it give you every answer? No, but He has every answer. You guys know what I'm saying? You can go and seek Him. I hope this is enough to encourage you, if you are in a crap place right now, to go and seek Him, to ask the real questions, to vent. To say, what, to say teach me God um, it's so powerful and it's so real and so amazing and I'm telling you this from experience this is not a theory I came up with by studying a textbook I lived it and now I'm telling you guys that you can do it as well and lots of other people in this room will tell you, you can do the same you are authentically conversing with him and it's how you're designed to so this is my last sentence for the trials topic right after all I've said yeah yeah <laughs> Seek the kingdom of God, deal with all your stuff, ask God your questions, get the answers, put your prayers out there, ask people for help, stay humble, stay teachable, cry, process, be patient, be real, be emotional, be yourself, be around people and not isolated, be seeking Jesus, ask Jesus into your life, he's there to help, push through the discomfort and deal with the doubt. Seek the kingdom of God because that's where God is and he destroys all evil and all death and all oppression of the enemy to bring you into true freedom. Your pain does not define you. It cannot control you. It doesn't have the right to dictate who you are or the life that you're going to live. You were never designed for this. You were designed to conquer and be free and make your own right choices from your heart, from the heart of God that's been woven into your deepest being. Don't be afraid to hope in God. If you are feeling hopeless in a trial right now, Super hopeless, do not be afraid to hope in God. David has to preach to himself in the Psalms. Soul, I need you to start hoping in God again. Start hoping in God again. You can do that. You're allowed to preach to your soul. Hope is essential to life. If you don't have hope, you're dead. Seriously, like you need hope. Um, okay, that's pretty much it. So I'm just gonna, we're gonna do two quick things. I promise, just two quick things. Um, I want everybody just to close your eyes for a second. And I need everybody to just tune into the biggest pain or frustration or longing in your heart right now. So just let it come to you. Maybe it's obvious, maybe not so much. Whatever the biggest pain is in your life, the biggest frustration or the longing that is in your heart. And then I want you to think about what is the biggest question that I have about this topic that I would love to get answered. If God could show up in the room right now and answer this one question or give me clarity on this one topic, what would that be? Just have a little bit of a second to think about it. Now what I want you to do is, once you've got that question, It's just quietly, in your heart, in your own way, with your own language that you would speak with if you were speaking to your best friend, right? Speak to God and say, God, teach me. God, teach me the answer to this question. And what I want you to do is, if you feel like you're doubting right now, like, he's not going to show up, I've done this before, Nate, oh, bloody all all this crap again. Just, I want you to gently ask him, God, if you're going to give me an answer on this or when you give me an answer on this, Can you please confirm it to me multiple times, just so I can know it's you? I don't want to be caught in a lie, God. I just want to know the truth and be set free. All right. I don't often do this, but I'm just going to pray for you guys as we finish. Thank you, Father, for teaching us about trials and for guiding us and for comforting us um, with your rod as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death at times, God, it sucks. We don't want to be here. You know that, you feel that you're here with us. And we just thank you that we are allowed to be ourselves and we are allowed to be in pain and to cry and to grieve and to process and to go through these things with you. And that you actually want and encourage us to come before you and ask you what's going on. Ask you for answers, ask you for guidance, ask you for clarity. I just thank you for that, Father, because you totally don't have to do that. But it's so awesome that you do. So I just bless the people in this room. I bless the people on the recording. I bless everyone that listens to this message at some point or is coming into contact with it in any way. I bless them in Jesus' name. I bless them with freedom from their trial. I bless them with revelation, with hearing from God, with new ways of thinking, with a new perspective. I just bless them in Jesus' name. Let them be filled with hope. If nothing else, just pure hope that they can walk free from this pain. They can walk free from this pain. God can show up and do a miracle. That's a good thing to hope for, guys. So bless these people in Jesus' name. I just ask God that you would be so, so close to the people in this room that are experiencing pain tonight. I just ask that you'll be so close, God, and we thank you that you are just so beautiful, and you love us so much. Let us feel that, God. Let us experience that in our trials, and let us just be aware of your heart and and your beauty and your word, and let us dream about you and hope and not be scared to come before you, not be scared to start dreaming again, not be scared to smile, or not be scared to to laugh or to give yourself a break or whatever it is and just pray for our families God stuff's going on in our families right now in this room I just pray peace over that God pray peace and healing and miracles in Jesus name let the kingdom of God manifest in these people's lives God in their families lives let that actually happen not just a cool prayer an actual physical story that someone (coughs) can get up and share Let that happen in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys. Um, Yay.
2: Yay. You got me following you (laughs) again.
0: Thanks, Jesus.